All right, should we get to our sexy story this week? Ladies, gentlemen, you cannot unsuck that dick. (laughs) It was hot. It was really quite something. (laughs) Do you like when someone else makes me moan? Do not show up looking like you slept in your clothes. In your car. There is nothing sexier than getting railed by two dudes at the same time. I'll just say that. So you guys know that we do bonus episodes for our Patreon members, and that's typically where all of our bonus content lives. But I just felt that this interview between Brian and Lee of the Swinging Flamingos was too insightful to not share with more listeners. So that's why we're putting it out to all of you guys. This is a fantastic interview because Lee and Kimmy of the Swinging Flamingos play very differently than Brian and myself. They are primarily a straight couple. Lee identifies as heterosexual and Kimmy identifies as mostly heterosexual from listening to their show anyway. Obviously, Brian and I both identify as bisexual. They typically play in the same room. We almost always play in in separate rooms. But I still find it so interesting that they are the type of people that can respect that we're different than them. And they can respect people in the lifestyle that operate very differently than they do. And I think we need more of that. I, I find that there are so many different factions within the lifestyle. And it's so interesting to me that we don't come together as a community nearly as much as we need to. We don't respect and appreciate the differences as much as we need to. And that's discussed a lot in this interview. And that's why I really wanted to make sure that we put it out to you guys and that you got to listen to this discussion. I am so grateful that these two awesome men um, had this discussion, this very candid and thought-provoking discussion. And uh, we hope that you guys really enjoy it. Well, everybody, like I mentioned earlier, I've got my friend here, Mr. Flamingo from the Swinging Flamingo, certainly not the best half of Swinging Flamingos. Mrs. Flamingo isn't joining us. Uh, this is just the guys talking. And again, just tip to tip, just uh, chatting it up and, and having a conversation about all things lifestyle and what that means to us. Mr. Flamingo, how are you, sir? And great. And feel free to call me Lee. Lee? Kimmy likes to use Miss Flamingo, but I'm, I'm well past that at this point. We're, we're friends. You can call me Lee. How's All that? Right, good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, listen, man, uh, good to have you. Always good to talk to you. Certainly great to see you. We had a great time at Podbash. I guess that's the last time you and I were face to face, but what a blast that was. Uh, and good to touch base with you again. How you been? How's that, the end of 21 treating you? It's been good holidays. We just got back from seeing our families and getting ready to party hard for New Year's and breaking in the new year strong. Well, we're here in Vegas, obviously. I'm not sure what New Year's Eve looks like for us. It is typically a clusterfuck here in Vegas on New Year's Eve. So I'm sure we're probably going to keep a low profile and hang out with some friends, but uh, uh, we're looking forward to bringing it in as well. And uh, man, what a year 21 was for us in terms of lifestyle and uh, life in general. How did you guys handle 21? It was a good year. We Coming off the year we had in 2020, hey, 2021 was stellar compared to that. No shit. It it felt really good to get back out to some events. I know everything was scaled down and a little more under control, but no, we we had a fantastic year. Lots of pool parties, house parties. It, It felt good getting back to a normalcy. Yeah, us as well. You know, we had, as you know, uh, had a lot going on in 21, lots of travel, lots of life decisions to make, trying to figure out where we wanted to land and uh, just getting immersed in various forms of all things lifestyle. But yeah, 21 was a stark change from 20 and it was definitely welcome, no doubt about it. And so frankly, I am really looking forward to 22. So much going on. We've learned so much over this past year, as I'm sure you and Mrs. Flamingo have. 
And one of the things that you and I talked about earlier before we got started, taking a, a page out of your playbook, Brent and I are celebrating our anniversary. We are going to download what happened in 21 and, and how the lifestyle affected us both and affected us individually and, and what that looks like going forward. I know that's something you guys do as well. Was that therapeutic for you? Yeah, we like to sit back and kind of evaluate where we are. And we almost do this quarterly at times. We'll have, you know, we travel a lot both for professionally as well as for parties. So it's a lot of good road time and a lot of good conversations, but we really like to dig in and see where we're at, see if there's anything we want to try, you know, are all of our needs met? Is there anything we want to change? One thing when you listen to our show is we're really big on interpersonal communication and making sure that we are still getting out of the lifestyle, everything we want. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that, you know, Brent and I just had this conversation I don't know, a few days ago. Uh, well, I say a few days ago, it's probably been almost a week now. Time flies during the holidays. But one of the, converse, the pieces of that conversation were, are we both experiencing all the things that we want to experience? Are we happy with where we are as individuals, considering where we've been in the lifestyle and, and what changes do we want to make? And you know, that's never an easy conversation. There's so much that goes into that, especially because for us, we are so hungry to experience different things that it's, it's sometimes difficult to even corral the thoughts. You know, there's so many options out there, uh, especially now that we are settled to some degree, we think anyway, we're enjoying where we are and so many opportunities have presented themselves. It's almost hard to stay focused. So having those conversations and really determining where each other is and wants to be, uh, I think is important for sure. And that's something we're going to, we're going to pay a little bit more attention to going forward in 22 for sure. I think you have to. I don't think there a lot of couples really spend the time evaluating what their needs and desires are. I think they kind of float through everything and play the hands that are dealt with them. But you know, how many of them would you say are really proactive? Uh, not, not, not a lot. On the scale of percentages, I mean, half. You know, fifty percent maybe, and that might even be high. I'll be honest. That's one thing that between me and Kimmy is kind of a running joke. When we go to a large event like Naughty New Orleans or a cruise or even a big hotel takeover, we kind of really sit back and question between each other, how many of these people do you really think are playing? And you know, oh, yeah. I think over the past year, there've been a lot of what we call the Facebook crowd coming into uh -huh. it. They want yeah. to dabble in it. I, I'm, I'm wondering how deluded down it is that people are really playing. I know some of the early pool parties we'd go to, people would have their windows Back when we were first starting, it seemed like everybody but us were playing. And now I think we're kind of on the opposite side of the kilter there that we're playing and everybody's kind of watching us do it. So it's kind of an odd transition over the 15 years we've been doing this. Well, it's interesting. You know, again, you and I just touched on a little while ago, so many things different for us here um, in the Vegas area, having to do with the private parties and the private events and uh, and then going to the clubs and the, and the varying types of people you run into, because let's face it, Vegas is, I mean, everybody comes here. So you get the opportunity to see a lot of different types of people and, and couples in particular. And I, I, I notice exactly what you're talking about. And I have to believe it's it's a kind of a geographical thing. Everybody says, well, hell, we're going to Vegas. Let's throw caution to the wind. We've never done this before. We've been thinking about it or talking about it. Let's go to a lifestyle club or, you know, let's go to a sex club or whatever, you know, vernacular they give to it. And then you see these folks at these clubs or at these events, and you can tell, man, they're deer in headlights. Like they don't even know, they're not sure what's going on and you can pinpoint them. And Brenna and I have, were actually at an event a couple of weeks back. Maybe it's been two or three weeks now. and it was a Saturday night, playrooms open up, you know, it's late. It's probably midnight or so. And there's nobody playing. 
nobody playing, just folks standing around watching each other. And the same people have been talking to each other for an hour or two. And there's just nothing going on. I, I really get the sense that there's a lot of people, like you said, they're the, you know, they're the social media folks who think that, you know, following podcasters or sex positive people on social media, it sounds great. It looks cool. And then they, they try to dip their toe in. They just can't, can't pull the trigger or they're just not sure kind of thing, you know, kind of like uh, wallflowers. It is a hard world to break into though. If you think about it, you know, when we were single and running the bars or Craigslist or whatever we did, you know, that, that was hit or miss. Now think about adding two by two or whatever dynamic on couples. I mean, it, it's a circus at times. It absolutely is. Uh, also a conversation I just had with a couple who are much like yourself and uh, Mrs. Flamingo, you know, the couple for couple kind of a concept, pretty traditional play style. It's difficult, man. That four-way connection, it's complicated. And then add to the to the mix, you know, maybe a couple who has no experience or limited experience and you throw them in a meat grinder, so to speak, of a couple of hundred folks, that can be intimidating. No question about it. Well, what I always relate back to, and I know you come from a sales background as well, but if you don't ask for the sale, you're never going to get it. Now, there is a point where you can be too pushy and you guys cover that with the single guy tip of the week about some of the nonsense you see. But, you know, if you don't ever make your intent apparent, you're you're not going to get anywhere in this. Uh, The chances of somebody just randomly throwing themselves at you to have sex and it being a good fit is almost nil. Well, you know, that whole saying, right? Closed mouths don't get fed. I mean, exactly. You know, closed mouths don't get laid in this lifestyle. It just is the way it is. You know, you can't expect to kind of watch from the periphery and be successful. Uh, It really doesn't work. We've seen it. We've experienced it much like probably you guys and a lot of other people out there. We did the same thing when we first got started. We thought, well, let's, let's kind of watch and and let the action come to us. Yeah, that happened. That'll work, but that's sporadic at best. And it's not always the best practice for sure. I laugh at when we first started, we used to say, well, we don't want to lose any friendships. And right. we sat back and waited for so much to happen. And now, you know, now we can leave it open-ended and be like, Hey, you know, we are interested if you're interested. And if so, tell us when and where we're open, right. you know, 99% of the time that we're together and just leave it at that. And I can say, I don't feel like we've lost any relationships or any friendships over presenting that option. No, actually, I think uh, much the opposite for us. We are the same way. We finally got to the point where we said, you know what, let's just put our, our, our big folks pants on and just tell people how we feel. And even if someone reaches out to us and, and kind of, uh, you know, hits us up and, and we're not interested, we just need to be open and honest and clear about our intentions and what we are or are not interested in. And the truth is, I think our relationships have become much stronger. In fact, we've had some folks that we've known for years now in this, in this space that we have never played with, but are just super friends and just amazing people have actually said to us, Hey, you know, we love you guys. We love our friendship. We don't have to do anything. Let's not worry about making this thing weird. Let's just hang out and have a good time. And that's happened more than once now uh, over this past year. And it's just been really refreshing. You talk about taking all the pressure off and it's just a, it's just a great place to be when you don't have to worry about that. We are social swingers a hundred percent of the term, Yeah, but we are in it to play too. And if we get a great friendship plus a play, that boy, that that'd be the icing on the cake for us. Yeah, that, I mean, listen, we look at it the same way. Of course, again, we'll we'll get into it a little bit, but our play styles are different. But the truth is, we really covet the relationships that we have developed with with the folks that we do and don't play with. And yeah, we're social swingers for sure. As a matter of fact, we were just out a few nights back with two couples and uh, a single gentleman uh, here locally that we have become fast friends with. And uh, went to a show, went to a comedy show. You know, we're talking about going bowling with another couple. I mean, we just like the social interaction with people who understand us and are like-minded that are non-judgmental and just have a different perspective on 
relationships and sexuality. And the truth is lifestyle folks are more fun to be around. They like each other and it, and that it's contagious, you know, it's just a lot more fun for us. I'm not even sure what a vanilla friend is anymore. Oh man. I'll tell you what, you know, the holidays, of course, <laughs> they are upon us. And, you know, you reach, you hear from people that you don't hear from for all year long or just a couple of times a year, you know, old friends. And it's like, man, you start talking to some of these folks and what they got going on and what their relationships are like. And uh, it's, it's tough, man. I got to be honest. It's tough to hear, especially when you put it, you know, you relate it to your own relationship. And I think, wow, that just sounds terrible to me. Like, I, I am so sorry. <laughs> you know, like I feel bad. I'm betting you and, I, you and I can both identify, though, when we hear these problems, the first thing we say is if they had the communication of you and Brenna or me and Kimmy, yeah. these things would not be a problem. No, no. And, I, and listen, the truth is, man, I didn't always have that in my life either. I've had many failed relationships, multiple failed marriages, and largely my fault and because I was not equipped, prepared, or interested in having those conversations and being open and honest and communicative. And once you get to that point, it really is life-changing. There's no question about it. And it, it will it will change your perspective on a lot of things, not just relationships or just your intimate relationships, but relationships in general and, and the ones that are important to you. But watching and listening to people who don't have that, it's painful. It is painful. I know personally for me, I'm on my second marriage and one thing I've found since being in the lifestyle is after you've had the talk about openly wanting sex or allowing your spouse to engage sexually with someone else, everything else is almost secondary. I mean, it, you know, after you've yeah. ran, you know, allowed your, you know, giving your wife permission and had that talk that she can sleep with another guy or you can sleep with this couple or you can do this and that, you know, talk such as money or family or what your interests are, they're, they're almost trivial at that point. Yeah. They're what, yeah. What is more difficult to talk about? In any sphere, nonetheless, you know, a, a, a couple or, you know, standard, let's just call it heteronormative couple having a conversation about non-monogamy, you know, that's a difficult conversation to have on any level and being able to do that and being successful with it, it makes everything seem a lot less important. It's certainly easier to navigate, you know, oh, def definitely. Well, I can already tell between the two of us, we're both pretty opinionated and headstrong. I'm not even sure what direction the show is going to go today. So I apologize <laughs> if I'm pulling you off six different directions. No, that's okay. That, that, that may work for our show, but it, it may be a, a struggle for you. No, not at all. Listen, we're not, you know, it may seem like it. It's funny. People say that to us all the time. Oh, you know, you guys must have a lot of time that you spend a lot of time, you know, creating the show and ironing it out and, and you know, you know, being the architect of the show. Bullshit. We don't do that. We add, lit. we just go, we just get on the mics and start talking. We truly do not have other than the having to uh, take a break for sponsors and that kind of thing and partners of the show, we just roll with it, man. We typically just are spitballing. So we can talk about whatever you want. This is what, that's what this is all about. I really wanted to get a, the perspective of another person in this lifestyle who is uh, much like myself, has, has a lot in common, obviously. But the one thing we don't have in common is our play styles. You know, we play very differently. And I thought that would be an interesting conversation for us to have, particularly getting into 22 and, and what that looks like for you and, and for my relationship. Yeah, I like the idea of that. While we are both in the lifestyle, if you look at what we do at the root of it, it's it's really totally different. You and Brenna have a much different dynamic as well as play action than Kimmy and I. So I'm, I'm, that'll be a fun topic to cover. Yeah. So for us, and it's interesting. You know, I say uh, what I just said maybe is going to make a a little less sense when I when I kind of go into where we're at right now. You know, the truth is we are at our core a hot wife couple. I mean, that's no secret. We play separately. Brenna plays with single guys. That is the meat and potatoes so to speak, of where we live in this space. 
the truth is, as of late, particularly because of the group of people that we have been fortunate enough to come in contact with and start to become very fast friends with here in town, we have played a little bit more as a couple than we have before in uh, in the lifestyle previously. Now, that is largely attributed to, again, the people that we have encountered because it's just a lot of fun. And the truth is we have played in you know, with bisexual couples now a few times and we've played together and then of course have broken off and gone and played separately. So we're getting a little bit of both as of late. It's not, it's been something that's really very new to us and it was not by design. It just kind of fell in our laps and man, it was just a, a unique experience that we've enjoyed and want to continue uh, on some level, but that does not negate the fact that our separate room play styles, both mine and Brenda's, particularly hers, is really what fuels us. So we enjoy a lot of it. I think the the largest difference is because we do play separately for the bulk of our our lifestyle activity. It, it's a little bit different for a lot of people, and and you know how easy it is for us to do that. And I, I think a lot of people fail to understand what it is that drives us. So what we garner from it the most. Let me throw something to you. Do you feel like you guys get judged by playing separate? I, yes. You know, I, I know. Do you? Okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Even the with short your absolutely we do. And I, we're all guilty of it by some part. You know, we, we look at some poly people and we've seen a lot of failed poly relationships around here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Yeah. And to us, the people that were failing, we don't consider them true poly. They just happen to have a girlfriend. And then something happens where the husband runs off with a girlfriend and we're kind of right. like, okay, we don't feel that was true poly. But by the flip side, we know two or three actually throuplets or three-way marriages right. that are succeeding. So sure. you know, we, we have different examples down here, but I was just wondering if you see even within the lifestyle, people saying, okay, those two are playing separate there. And then there goes the differential between swingers and lifestyle. You know, are you judged? Do you feel like you're judged on that basis? Yeah. Listen, man. I mean, you know, I think you and I've had this conversation at least once or 10 times uh, over the course of time, you know, this space, anyone who thinks that you're going to get into the lifestyle, the, the world of quote unquote swinging or consensual non-monogamy or however you want to label it, or, you know, whatever you want to call the thing, any, any label you want to slap on it. If you think you're going to get into this space and not be judged, you're fucking kidding yourself because this space is littered with judgment from within. It's bad enough that people from the outside, the, the seemingly want to be vanilla people pointing their fingers at us. There's plenty of judgment from within. And that is not just from people who say, well, you know, we play as a couple. We do not play separately. We are in the same room. That's, that's just what we do. And that's what swinging is. And that, you know, anything outside of that isn't even part of the lifestyle. Then you got the people who don't want anything to do with bisexual men in this space. Women, of course, are not only celebrated, but almost expected to be bisexual. Men, on the other hand, if that conversation even comes up, it's almost like a foreign language to people, you know? So the level of judgment that we get from being separate room play couple, it's astronomical. I mean, we get it. You'd be surprised. You might just be surprised at how much negativity we get because of that play style. I know I see whenever somebody will post something on YouTube and then you get the vanillas coming in talking smack, which if you're being honest, they're probably cheating on their spouses you know, porn addictions, you name it. They're not being truly honest with what they are, but then you also see the lifestyle people 
judging other lifestyles. It's like, because I sin different than you, you're going to judge me. I mean, (laughs) why don't, why don't we all get on the same boat and paddle the same direction? Right. Like my partner and I choose to fuck people differently than you and your partner choose to fuck other people. So there's something wrong with me. Right. I guess we just, we just don't get it. No, I, I honestly don't get it. And again, I, I don't think it's something that's ever going to be 100% rectified. I think people have to, you know, it's that, that old school way of thinking, right? If you look bad, I look better, you know? Yeah. Um, so somehow people who play together in the same room with the lights on, on the same bed, it, that's okay in their minds. Some people, I guess, can wrap their heads around that. But the idea of the fact that my partner and I play separately is so foreign to them uh, that they can point that out and say, well, I see these, they, they, they're weird. You know, they don't even play together. At least we play together. We like each other enough. I hear that a lot. You know, I like my partner. I want to, I want to watch my partner. The problem for me is not that I don't like or love my partner or want to see her, you know, satiated. I can't fucking concentrate, <laughs> you know, yeah. it yeah. doesn't work for me. I'm playing with this woman or whatever and whatever I'm doing, I'm focused on, you know, on Brenna playing. And so I'm not paying any attention to whomever it is that I'm with otherwise. And that's not fair to anybody. You know, it's not fair to the person I'm with. It's certainly not fair to me because I'm, I'm not really enjoying myself. And Brenna's the same way. She will stay hyper-focused on what I'm doing. And it, it just isn't a fulfilling and satiating, you know, situation. So why, why do it? You know, I, I do, I do think as a new swinger or lifestyle person, that is a skill set. If you're going to play in a two by two, as we do situation that you need to learn to focus on what's in front of you, which, you know, I, I'm by no means going to ignore my beautiful wife during sex, but you know, I'll give her a kiss or squeeze or whatever, but you know, my focus is going to be as well as just as much, if not more on the other woman during that amount of time. Sure. And we've discussed, that's how we play and we're fine with it. You know, we're going to have our reconnect sex afterwards, but you know, we've had some that the guy has literally ignored my wife, Kimmy to watch what I'm doing with his wife to the point that Kim's like, excuse me, um, I'm laying here wet. Can I, can I have something? Exactly. Well, that's just it. And I don't want to be that guy. You know, the last thing I want to do is be the reason is be someone's bad time. You know, and right. so we just don't put ourselves in situations where that's even possible because we, we genuinely like the people we play with. Listen, if we've gotten to the point where we're all in the same room or I'm in the same room with somebody or, or Brenda's in the room with somebody and we're naked and we're going to, we're getting ready to, to be on some level intimate. We have a genuine like for you. There's something that we like about you. So we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and certainly don't want to be insulting to anyone. And that's the last thing that we want is to appear as though we're, you know, indifferent to your presence. And I don't want to do that. We see a lot of people online saying, you know, it's hard to find a four-way attraction. Well, we find a lot of four-way attractions, but finding a good four-way sexual experience has been a lot harder. It's easy getting them in bed. You know, we can find people that are attracted and vice versa, but when getting four people to click in bed is actually the hard part. Yeah. We just had this conversation with some friends of ours that came in from out of town. Uh, They just visited visited us here the week before Christmas. And that was the the very conversation. They're actually very much a same room. you know, full swap couple for couple, uh, play style, but they are leaning toward playing separately now because they're having such a difficult time, not finding people that they're necessarily attracted to, to your point, but that they have a chemistry enough with that. It, it works out, you know, physically where, you know, it's one of those things that's, you know, you don't want to ever have someone taking one for the team. That is a terrible plan and they don't want to be those people either. And so they're having a hard time with it, particularly where they live. And so they're considering uh, some separate room play and, and some separate play entirely for that reason. So, 
you know, listen, it, who cares if you guys are enjoying yourselves and you're having a good time and everything is consensual and nobody's getting hurt and it's just fun. I don't think the style should fucking matter. You know, certainly don't, we don't need to judge each other for it. I don't There's see no, the efficacy in that. Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I judge some of these newer, and I'm going to call them the Facebook swingers in. There've been a lot of people, as we've said, that have started looking into lifestyle or swinging during COVID. Now that the events are coming back around, right. they're starting to mill out. But the, the ones that irritate me are the ones that are, and it's typically the guys commenting on every girl's picture. Hey, beautiful. Hey, beautiful. So if you actually go to talk to her, you get no feedback from her because she has 200 newbies saying, Hey, beautiful. Hey, beautiful. Yeah. But then once you go out to the clubs, you know, they, they act interested, but you try to set up a date and you get a no show or ghosted or whatever. That's, I, I think when we started, I actually said to somebody online the other day, you remember the good days when we started where you had to be verified or right. validated on the websites, you know, you can almost read through, well, this people stood me up. Uh, these people were total assholes. These people were beating each other in front of us. You could get that re- kind of a uh, Amazon review before you went out with them. Now yeah. all that you have is Facebook or Tinder or whatever you're, and you don't have a good feel of what these people are prior to meeting them at a bar. Well, that's just it, right? It's, it's more watered down now, certainly. Um, it's one of the things that Brendan and I talk about quite often. And, and you know, we've, we've struggled with it in the past. We've gone back and forth with the idea of playing with a certain group of folks or trying to meet new people on a routine basis. And, you know, Brendan and I have, we have some different views on this. She does like that newness, right? She likes the variety. She likes different single guys to meet and to connect with and play with uh, more so than I do. I like her to do it. I'm more of a, you know, I like routine, man. And once I find something I like, I don't need to steer away from it. Also, like you said, there's a lot of, a lot of tire kickers out there. A lot of folks just kind of in the, in the space that are, they're just clogging up the system and it makes it more difficult to engage with people. The good thing about it here in Vegas, as you and I mentioned earlier, I think before we started recording, this local scene is very protective of its lifestyle. And you'll find out very quickly here if someone is for real or not when you talk to people, because it's while you know Vegas seems like a big city, it's really not, man. The lifestyle is very small here. And you find out very quickly whether someone is legit because someone else is going to tell you whether they are. You know, that's the good thing about being in contact with people locally. Well, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here in Texas. San Antonio is the same way, which San Antonio isn't quite the tourist destination of Vegas. Right. But for a number of years, we've never met very many people from the San Antonio lifestyle scene. Mm-hmm. So we assume that they went to the one or two small clubs down there. Well, one weekend we went down there and we just kind of threw out an invite on one of the Texas pages saying, Hey, we're going to be on the river walk. We're going to be having drinks here. If you want to have drinks and people watch with us, let us know before the weekend occurred. We had two house part, uh, house party invites plus a private meet and greet. And we chose the private meet and greet and we showed up and there were about 70 of the most beautiful couples we've ever met. Yeah. So they're, they're low key and yeah. you know, that they don't, they don't accept the people that are coming in from out of town to check out the Alamo and the river walk. You have to kind of know somebody in the loop to be accepted into it. Yeah. And you know, I, I like it that way, to be honest with you, it may be self-serving, but in the, if it's a, the town that I'm living in, I kind of appreciate that. Not that we're adverse to playing with people who come in from out of town. We're absolutely not. But there are some hard and fast rules that we lay out pretty quickly. I mean, I get contacted. We, we get contacted constantly. Brenda fields most of it. 
from people coming in from all over the country. Hey, we're coming in on such and such a date and we'll be there for these four days. We tell them straight up until your feet are firmly planted on local soil. You don't need to reach out to us because if there's not a time, a place and a date that's hard and fast, we're not going to waste our time because you're going to flake on us. We know that, you know, you come to Vegas or you go to a place like San Antonio or wherever you can easily be distracted. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of opportunity. So we know that people hedge their bets and we're not going to do that. You know, we're not going to waste our time like that. We're just, we're past that. Like you and I talked about again earlier, we have decided what makes sense for us and what doesn't. And one of the things that does not make sense for us is in any way sacrificing anything. We want what we want. We like what we like. And, and that's where we're, what we're going to look for. Kimmy and I are both big on the fact that our time is valuable. I yep. travel for work four days a week. So basically Friday, Saturday, Sunday is our time to hook up with each other and play. So yeah, things better be running when they hit the ground for us. Yeah, that's my whole, I mean, I say it on my profile, I make it clear. My time is just as valuable as yours and time spent fucking around trying to meet people is time away from my partner. So if we're not going to do this thing, there is simply no reason to play games. You know, and we're, we're by no means bed notchers, but we're at the point we've been doing this, I think 16 years, literally the whole time we've been married, right. we know what we want and we don't have to play with everybody every time. But like we tell people, if we invite you, what we've got kind of the thing we say, uh, invite and isolate, we get you away from the crowd, uh, the event, whatever. If we do that, there's an interest and then we're going to try to isolate you. And hopefully all four of us are on the same page of having sex. Yeah. So if, if we invite you out to dinner, you know, what we're, we're hoping for is a uh, dinner and then hotel and chill. So that's really our right. MO of, of how we still deal with a couple. But if you don't want to at least meet us for dinner, then we're not, we're, we're past the age of chasing you around a club, trying to keep your attention. For us, when you go to these clubs, a lot of times, especially as you mentioned, to, to your point, the couples that are either on the fence or they're the quote unquote Facebook or social media, you know, kind of uh, lifestyle folks, really what they're doing is wasting your time. Because if they go to a club and you show up and you, there's even the remotest possibility that there's a connection, you know, you've got two, three hours of time that's like, you know, having conversation, trying to get to know each other and you're trying to feel people out or they're trying to feel you out. That's just, to me, it's just a, it's exercise. You know, and we just, we're at the point where we're not going to do that. When we first started going to clubs, we used to really be off put by the people that come up and say, what are y'all looking for? Are y'all looking to play tonight? And we'd be like, oh, we're trying to fill things out. And they'd say, okay, well, it's great meeting you guys. And they'd walk off and we'd be like, oh my God, those people are bed notchers. But now we're kind of like, Hey, there is a method to it. If, yeah. if, if we were to go to a club with 100%, the idea of hooking up, Hey, that, that approach makes sense. You're not pussyfooting around. You're putting it out there. We are looking to play. We have an interest in you. Is it a yes or no? You know, you, you save a lot of that three hours of wasting time fishing on other people that might bite. Exactly. Well, it's like using a scalpel instead of a, a machete, right? You just, you know, you're working your way through a crowd of people that may or may not be interested and you find out very quickly who is and who isn't. And if you have an interest, I just think you need to make that known and then you see what happens after that. But at least that way, everyone is on the same page. There's no misunderstandings and you're not wasting a lot of time. You know, but I'll tell you the truth is, and we mentioned this to our friends, that's, that's one of the reasons that the hot wife space, the separate room play space, the single guy space for Brenna really speaks to us. When you go to a hot wife centric event. Okay. I know you, you and Kimmy probably have not necessarily nope. attended one. Well, here's the difference. Okay. And we, we laid this out. You go to an event, you get there at nine o'clock and it's hot wife centric. Everybody in the room knows what's up, right? So you've got single guys and you have couples. 
And the couple is in full, they're clear about what is to happen because the partner wants the, you know, the hot wife to also be successful, wants the single guy to be successful. So you've got basically everybody on the same page. And what you find at these events is play happens much more quickly, much more frequently, and it's a much easier transition because everyone is there for the same reason. You can go to a lifestyle event the typical couples only, uh, and maybe single females, but doesn't allow single guys. That to me is a social experiment. A lot of times that's a social hangout. When you go to a hot wife event, folks are going to fuck. It's really that simple. A couple may or may not go to a lifestyle event with the intention of absolutely finding a couple and playing. Should there be mutual connection, hot wife couples, chances are, if you're going, you're having sex. That's just the way it is. And that's one of those purest things that I, I enjoy. I was going to ask if it was an easier situation for a hookup in the hot wife situation. Hundred you know, percent. The, the, the women are. The, well, I think you're past the hard part of it. The you women are. are like, "Hey, we're we're sexually confident. We're going to do this. We're going to fuck." And hopefully, the crew of guys you bring come cocked and loaded. Yep. And know their role. So exactly. You don't have you don't have that two by two. Okay. Well, the guy likes the girl, but the girl doesn't like the guy. Girl's on her period. Guy doesn't want to do this. You, yep. You don't have those funky dynamics that no nope. couples seeking couples have to no, deal with. You, you remove all of that. In fact, it's even better because the women have cheerleaders. I'm trying to help my wife. You know, I'm trying to help my partner. I'm trying to help the single guy. You know, you're, I am you're, wing, you're wingman in both sides. basically. I'm the, yeah. I'm the, the consummate wingman in a situation like that. I'm trying to put people together and I'm the gatekeeper, man. All you need to do is talk to me. And if there's an interest, I'll let you know. And if there's not, I'll let you know that too. And it's really easy to navigate that space provided everyone is respectful, understands the rules and, and the, you know, the ground rules and, and what the consensual piece of everything and the respectful piece of everything. And uh, you've got a good crew and, of, of single guys and, and solid couples. I mean, you talk about a stark difference between that and your stereotypical lifestyle event. It's night and day, man. You're breaking it down to just the sex component for, you know, you you know there has to be a connection and attraction, but you, you're there for this reason and they are there for this reason. So I wish uh, some lifestyle. I'd, sometimes I ride the fence. You know, we enjoy the social aspect of it. We go to the clubs to party sometimes. But we tell people we're not going to clubs typically to play. We're fishing. We're going to find right. a couple that we find attractive and hopefully separate them from the herd long enough to get to know them, hopefully set up a dinner and play the next week. That's kind of our go-to. But yeah. It's it's getting harder and harder the way the – I got him sound like an old, old-timey old person here, but it's getting harder and harder the way the lifestyle is changing. The one thing I, that Brennan and I enjoy about the the group that we've kind of fallen into, it's interesting. You know, we go to a, to a, a private party, you know, let's call it, and – it's kind of a, a known thing that within less than 30 minutes of everyone arriving, everyone's just, they just take their clothes off and that's just the way it is. And, and then, so everyone is all of the, the guard is dropped. There's a, there, it becomes much more comfortable. Now it sounds strange because everyone's naked and it's like, Oh, well, how could you be more comfortable? Well, because now everyone fully understands what the fuck we're doing here. And if you're not uniquely prepared for that, and you're not genuinely interested in playing, this is not the party or the group for you. And that's known upfront. Like that's, there's no secret, you know, that's not a surprise when you show up like, Hey, this is how this goes. If that's not comfortable for you, we totally get it. This is probably not the party for you. For me, man, I appreciate the honesty in that. If we found great success in that space, it's been great for us. It really has. We've been to some house parties that were, you know, kind of DTF and we knew people and it's, it's a good fit, but we got invited to one that we covered on a podcast and we didn't know anybody. And it 
you know, I'm an introvert. I have to struggle through that. So yeah. right off the bat, I was a little uncomfortable, but it was one of those that within 30 minutes, everybody's like, okay, we're playing this game. We're going to start fucking from it. And we're like, oh, we need at least an hour and a half to get to know right. everybody and get our comfort level. So we, we we did what we thought was proper. We excused ourselves and right. we've been interacting with these people on Facebook. So if we're lucky enough to get another invite, it'll probably be a different ending to the story next time. Well, yeah, but that's, that just goes, that's part and parcel of the space, right? You've got to know your limitations, your personal limitations. You have to know what's good for you and your partner and what's, you know, what that comfort level is. No reason to necessarily put yourselves in a situation that isn't going to be beneficial to everyone. I just think it's important to have that, that self-awareness, you know, it's, it's the best thing for you guys. You're not wasting your time, especially, you know, there are other things you guys could be doing. There are other events you can be attending and it's important for you guys to, to know that. And that's, that comes down to that communicative piece that we talked about earlier. You know, I think that's really important. Well, let, let's touch on something. I find that interesting. Uh, this isn't something necessarily that I don't think you and I have had a conversation about, but you mentioned how you're more of an introvert. You and I obviously are among a, a lot of other people spent some time at, uh, at Podbash back in uh, October. Right. And for people who have never met me before and only hear me on the, on the show and, and friends that we've communicated with digitally, I am not super extroverted either. And in that particular space, I was really kind of hyper-focused on making sure everything went smoothly and everybody had a good time. And I tell everybody all the time, I'm a great host. I'm the worst guest. You know, I'm the worst guest in the world because I'm not going to be out there on the dance floor cutting it up. And, you know, I'm not Mr. Personality shaking hands and kissing babies. That's not my thing. I prefer to sit back on the periphery and kind of watch and observe and then strategically make a move if I think there's a, it makes some sense. So I think you and I, kind of share that introverted, uh, right. you know, component. Have you found in this space for you and, and Kimmy personally, has it been a hindrance at all at, at any point? Yes. And I, I, Kimmy has always been the life of the party. Yeah. She does stuff. And some people will say, well, it's for attention. I can guarantee you there's probably been times where I've been on the road and she's probably done puppet shows for her pets just because <laughs> it, it caught her that she thought it'd be amusing. And she did it. She doesn't, she doesn't need to do stuff for attention, but she, she's like a crazy squirrel sometimes. Yeah. So for a number, I'll say the first half of our swinging career, six or seven years, I tried to rein her in and that wasn't fair. So right. when we got down here to Dallas, you know, we were both kind of in a transition point. If we wanted to stay in the lifestyle, we're in a new area. We weren't fitting in super good. I, I was kind of disappointed because she wasn't being outgoing. And she's like, you've kind of put the reins and the bridle on me for a number of years. She said, if we stay in this, she was like, I need to be me. She's like, I want to go balls the wall, full force with whatever I want. Right. She said, I also kind of need you to step up your game a little bit. She said, you've been the, you, you know, she said, you go into bouncer mode, security mode, kind of a wallflower. She said, you've got a good personality when you will relax, which that's not always the best thing to tell an introvert, but right. I realized, you know, the lifestyle was important to me. I did enjoy the sex and the friendships. So I chose to up my game, but it's, it's been a hindrance. And sometimes I'm better flirting online than I am in person. I, I think in the past I had been, I, I'd say over the last couple of years, Kimmy's even set up, upped my game with the girls, but just, yeah, some, sometimes it hits. We went out for my birthday and everybody's like, Hey, it's your birthday. Here's some drinks. You need to get lit. You need to get wild. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. Kind of there in that happy medium. I don't need to be the center of attention, right. but I'm also not going to sit, uh, stand by the wall. So as an introvert, it's, it's been a total struggle. You know, I think one thing about you and I is both personalities. We may be introverts, but we're also take charge when it comes to a business situation. So when my, when my business people or uh, employees or employers hear that I'm an introvert, 
they said, well, you can walk in and do a class for 150 people and not even break a sweat. I said, well, I'm making money on it. I know I have to do it to get paid to enjoy the things I like. But if you're to just say, hey, do you want to go talk to 150 people and put on a show? I'd be like, fuck that. I'm going to stay here and uh, listen to my music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, listen, the truth is, if I have the option of sitting quietly in a room and, and reading something or, like you said, listening to music by myself, I'm going to do that before I throw myself into a, the middle of 150 strangers. Uh, no question about it. Uh, but yeah, you know, Brenda and I had the same conversation. She said the same things to me. I am not by any means one of these guys that's painfully shy. The truth is, I've made my, you know my entire life. I've been uh, you know the center of attention, the uh, the guy who was always in front of either a camera or a microphone or a group of people. You know, so that hasn't really been the issue. It's just not something that I enjoy as much as that quiet, private time or private moments. So it's a little bit difficult for me to be in a club, for example, like you know, what we experienced together right. and try to be Mr. Popularity. I don't want the attention. In fact, typically I will pull myself out of a situation. If I'm around someone who needs that constant attention, who's, you know, sucks the air out of a room, I will separate myself from that person because it's really the last place I want to be. And I've struggled with it. You know, Brynn and I have talked about it a number of times. I've made concerted efforts and promised her that I would be a little bit more really open to uh, situations and and open to potential opportunities because I'm pretty quick to slam the door on an idea. If it sounds crazy to me on the surface, you know, I'm not a guy who's going to run toward that, but I've really gone out of my way and gotten out of my comfort zone to, to do so and really to try in a way do it so that my partner enjoys the, the lifestyle more because I think much like you and Kimmy, I don't want to say it was stifling Brennan necessarily because of the way we play. I don't think it played as big a role, but certainly if we were going to events or to a party or someone's home to, for an event, you know, it could make her a little uncomfortable. And I don't want to do that because much like Kimmy, you know, Brenna is the life of the party. She's dancing and she's meeting yeah. everyone and she's introducing herself. And, you know, that's her thing. And it's like, she does that. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm kind of off in the, you know, sitting at the bar or in the corner somewhere, just kind of watching. And, and like you said, watching to make sure she's okay and keeping an eye out and just playing it safe. So I'm, I've tried uh, to improve on that for sure. Over the course of this past year, I think I've gotten a little better at it. You probably have to ask her. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm the best judge. Well, going back to pod podbash, there's some people I've interacted with online. So I was like, Hey, Kimmy, you need to come meet uh, Adam and Leah. She's like, I met them already. I was right. like, when did you do that? She's when you're taking a nap. I said, okay, <laughs> you need to meet Steve and Leah. Well, I already met them. When did you do that? When you're taking a nap? I'm like, okay, right. I can go take a nap and she'll have met the whole party within yeah. an hour's time. Well, we said it, right? Because you know, you listen to the show. We listen to your show, obviously. And in listening to it, it would seem as though, ah, you know, Leah is definitely the more outgoing. Absolutely not. Kimmy <laughs> is the life of the party. Uh, in case she anyone has, has ever gets the opportunity to meet you guys, it will be very obvious that she is the driving force there for sure. She is just all she has all the energy. Uh, she was just a blast. But yeah, very, very different. It's interesting how you, you know, people get that kind of a, you know, they, they get an idea in their heads and person is very, very different. Yeah. My wife is beautiful inside and out. So, but you turn her loose with an idea and she's gone. Yeah, listen, it doesn't, and you don't need, shouldn't have to have the full idea either. Cause I watched her kind of, you know, <laughs> just having a good old time with no plan at all. And the truth is her and Brenna together were really interesting to watch because it's like two squirrels in a bag. You know what I mean? Just, you know, just jumping around, dancing all night long. And uh, yeah, very different from, from the kind of person I am for sure, but interesting to watch anyway. Uh, and, and, you know, I think there has to be some of that, you know, we talk about it a lot. She and I, that, that yin and yang. 
if there were two people like that, I think it's too much. And right. two people who are like me, I don't think anything gets done. You know, I mean, certainly in the, in the lifestyle, you're going to have a, you're going to have a hard time meeting folks if there's two of us. So I think you have to have that. It's, it's kind of a nice, a nice mixture. I think. I think that was the failure of my first marriage is we were both introverts and hermits and nothing right. ever. Yeah. That's not a good situation, but Kimmy balances me out. That was one thing I loved about her and she drives me nuts. Some of the time she can be a brat, but oh my God, oh, she yeah. elevate, she elevates me to a higher standard. Yeah. Oh, listen, there's no question. Brenda's a brat. She knows it. She makes no bones about it, but you know, without that energy and without that varying kind of outlook on things, just a very different perspective, this would not be as much fun. Obviously for me, I would be, you know, a lot less fulfilled. No question about it. it, it uh, it's a game changer when you've got somebody who can bring out the best in you. And the truth is put a spotlight on your bullshit too. you know, highlight your faults and be like, Hey, this is a weakness. You need to fix this. You know, let's work on this. Well, that's been one of our biggest episodes that we did done, um, social anxiety and mental health and not really a platform for us, but something that, that I've suffered with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's something that we are kind of a recurring topic. And I had so many people reaching out saying, well, you know, thank you for the tips. And it's good to hear that, some, you know, it helped me hear somebody else that's out there admitting, hey, I'm, I'm not the perfect swinger. Right. I may go into an event and get a little freaked out and have to sit back in the corner until I get my bearings. And, you know, I gave them some tips that I've learned to work through issues. And like I say, it was, it was kind of gratifying and it kind of helped with my own mental growth as well to hear that I'm not the only one. And for me, that's kind of what started it, you know, is seeing people online saying, Hey, I don't feel I always fit in with other people. I'd, I'd love being part of the lifestyle and want to be active in it. But, you know, sometimes I feel like odd man out. So I think that that helps from a podcaster side, letting other people know, Hey, I have a real problem. Yeah. See if you have any uh, bearing on this. We have a lot of folks that have reached out to us over time and, and, you know, routinely on varying topics. The one thing for me that has been personally the most gratifying is the number of guys, uh, particularly guys who have been in, are in situations much like mine that are middle-aged, older in their fifties that are struggling with their sexuality and having those guys reach out to me after I've talked a number of times about being bisexual or pansexual, whichever, you know, again, whatever label you want to throw at the damn thing. I'm not heterosexual. Let's put it that way. So having those guys reach out and it's like, man, you're just having somebody else to talk to somebody to bounce an idea off of being able to tell somebody, some of these guys have not even told their partners. They've never spoken about it. I've had multiple conversations and, and zoom calls with guys that are just you know, they're in a tough spot, been married 20 years, have never said a word about their sexuality or how they're feeling. Now they want to tell their partner a lot of them in the lifestyle. But as we, as we mentioned kind of earlier on, when we started talking, the idea of a guy being bisexual in this, in this lifestyle, you know, it's frowned upon in a lot of, a lot of circumstances and a lot of circles and it's, and guys are afraid, you know, and being able to help some of them out of that, um, being more comfortable with who they are. Yeah. There's definitely some gratification there. It's uh, it's one of those things that's, that's made uh, all of this kind of bullshit that we put up with worthwhile, honestly. Social stigmas on anything really suck. Look yeah. at how long Bruce Jenner was closeted on his transgender. Yeah. I just I mean, watched the, it, a, a documentary about that whole uh, process with him in the Olympics and, you know, where he came from and uh, the beginnings of that. And man, holy shit. I can't even, I cannot wrap my head around how 
difficult and complicated that something like that must be. So I, I by no means mean to shine a light on my bullshit. I'm just a fucking dude who's bisexual maybe and pants or pansexual or whatever. No, but you, you, you can't, you can't say that media, that is one, you know, and social media, especially that is one good thing that can become of it is you can find other people that oh, have yeah. your quirk and you don't necessarily have to go to a psychiatrist or psychologist, but you can see that there are other people struggling with the same struggles that you're dealing with sometimes worse, sometimes less, but yeah. you're, you're not alone. Yeah, no, listen, it, it definitely is. Uh, it's eye-opening for sure. And when you start to talk to people or, you know, really when you come to terms with, you know, with your own situation and all these people start reaching out to you and, and of course you realize how many more people there are out there like you, it really just does become very comfortable and very normal. And, and part of why I think Brent and I have really enjoyed the, the you know, just a short period of time. It seems like a long time. Brent and I have only been here two months. Wow. And yeah, it's crazy. It, it time flies, man. But in that period of time, the people that we have encountered and the 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 amazing experiences that we have had have really largely been due to this, you know, very tight community of bisexual lifestyle people. And these are couples, bisexual couples. And when you realize how many other folks there are out there like you, it just makes it that much more comfortable and and familiar. And so I think you, I think I've enjoyed it more because of that. This is probably the time I've enjoyed the lifestyle the most uh, in totality, you know, because I'm just that much more comfortable around people. You think part of your coming out with uh, your new, and I hate to say label, um, I don't know what the normative or whatever. I don't either, that, man. Do you think that's helped you fall into more of a comfort level? Because yes. I've always taken you've kind of a, I don't give a fuck what you think kind of guy anyway, but yes. do you think, you know, you actually saying it out loud has helped you just develop a new comfort? Yeah. And for me, it really wasn't even a, a concern about saying it out loud. I wasn't sure where I was yet. So I didn't want to say something that didn't make sense. And that wasn't entirely accurate. I really need to kind of come to terms with it myself, but yeah, I am very much a fuck. You don't really care what you think kind right. of person. I have no use for people who that have a problem with me. I don't, I don't need you in my life. It's just not a necessity for me. I have cut a lot of people out of my life for less than that. So yeah, I, I just think for me, it was really therapeutic and coming in contact with people who understand who I am and, and uh, you know, how I feel and what kind of relationship I'm enjoying right now and, and the lifestyle in general and how it affects me. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you get a lot more comfortable in your own skin. No question about it. That counts for a lot. It does. It, it, there's a, yeah, there's a sense, there's a, you get this kind of sense of satisfaction and comfort in, in who you are. And that's a big deal, man, especially when you're in environments where, and you know, I, I was in these environments for a period of time while Brenda and I were in this lifestyle early on, because I wasn't identifying as anything other than heteronormative primarily because I wasn't sure. And then of course, once you get to the point where you've made that conscious decision that this is who I am, you know, in the lifestyle, and we have talked about this a number of times, Brent and I, and uh, other other folks we've we've been in communication with, who have done something similar. For men, you don't put on a on a profile that you're bisexual. A no. lot of guys just simply don't do it because instantly people are turned off by it, and then you're afraid. Well, I don't want my partner to miss out on some amazing experiences because of you know my proclivities and what somebody may perceive. And I think quickly you realize, well. Well, fuck that, because if that's, you know, somebody that's going to be, you know, kind of have that, that train of thought, we don't want to hang out with you anyway. You know, people can get, make their own decision. If you do or don't want to play with someone who's bisexual, that's your own preference, but to judge it so harshly. And I've seen it and I've experienced it. So I can, I can speak to it. That's just not okay for me. And I don't want to be around you if that's your thing. You know, I get it. If you don't want to play with someone who's bisexual, but 
to, to turn your nose up to it in such a way that it's like uh, a contagion <laughs> or something, you know, it's just some fucking weird idea that people have in their minds that, you know, because you're a bisexual man, you're instinctively attracted to all men. Right. It's, it's fucking insane. I mean, I'm not attracted to all women, you know, so what would, no. how would that even be a thing? Well, I'd like to say that we've seen the narrative change over the 15 years we've been doing it. I remember when we first came in, people would be like, oh, he doesn't put it on his profile, but he's bi. And, you know, Kimmy and I even had that talk originally. Would we play with them? I was like, I would still say, yeah, you know, unless I don't think any guy's going to take, make a random pass at me while we're playing. I, I was never worried about that, but I'm like, I'm after her, you're after him. So why would that change anything based on what he's done with the other him at some point? Now I'll, I'll give you some, a weird comparison. What we've seen here in the Dallas area is there are a ton of openly by married guys in couples but there's also still the stigma of, you know, that's gay and everybody's going to kick their ass if they find out this and that kind of deal. Right. But in Oklahoma City, they are open. The community is so open about it. I, I've not that's seen any, I'm, I'm going to say gay bashing in Oklahoma City, but there are very few buys. You know, right. up in Oklahoma City, it's accepted, but nobody's really openly buy. Down here, they are openly buy, but deal with the stigma of being gay or whatever. So we, we're just like, this is the weirdest uh, contradiction between the two cities. Yeah. And I, it, well, and it's, and it's like that in a lot of places, obviously. And of course, as you know, I've spent almost 30 years in Texas, so I get it. Right. But the truth is, and I think I said this to somebody who actually reached out to us, who was really negative about the whole thing. First of all, like a lot of people, they didn't fully read our profile and didn't bother to notice that the bi- that my, my profile said I was by on it until I, I had to point it out to them because I, they were clearly not getting you know what we were saying. And this guy kind of, his answer to me was, well, we don't play with couples when the, where the male is bi. And so I asked him, how long have you folks been in the lifestyle? Are you experienced people? <laughs> oh yeah. You know, 10 or 11 years, whatever. If you think for one fucking second that you have legitimately been in this lifestyle for a decade and have never been in the presence of a bisexual man, you are fucking kidding right. yourself. Right. They have simply not identified themselves as such, which leads me to believe that you wouldn't fucking know one if you tripped over one. So, you know, what are you even worried about? Honestly, you know, I mean, that's the part that really gets me like, you know, somehow there's like a fucking neon sign over my head because I'm not, you know, heterosexual or something. That's the person I don't want to be around. You know, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm hetero. And like I say, that may sound odd me saying that, but I think it's one of those deals where there's some latency, you know, maybe some latent desires. You know, if you're that adamant about it, have you ever heard the saying, the guilty oh, yeah. dog barks the loudest? Absolutely. I just we, we played with a couple and then uh, we've considered them friends. We actually went out for dinner on our friend anniversary and we're talking about some things. And he's like, I've decided I'm going to start experimenting with some buy stuff, which he wasn't hitting on me. He was just being open about it because sure. he knew about our show. And I'm just like, Oh, cool. And honestly, it, it didn't phase me. It didn't change the, uh, the fact of how much fun you know I had with his wife and how much fun Kimmy had with him while we were right. playing. It just, I don't know, maybe we're wired different or maybe we have truly become, grown as people and become more accepting toward us. It just, at this point in my life, it, I don't care what you do with your pee-pee. It's not, as long as it's not hurting me. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, that's you know, the thing. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Why is it? I just, yeah, the, there's stigmas in this, particularly in this space. And again, I mean, we talked about it, right? The idea that there shouldn't be any judgment in, in this space where people think it's a judgment-free zone. Fuck that. There is more judgment here, I think, than just about any other sphere that I can think of anyway. And the idea that at this point, uh, to me, just seems so fucking archaic. And I agree with you. I think the people who are as who seem the most resistant to it are probably not quite sure where they fall, to be honest, you know, just what side of the fence they're on. 
it, it seems a little bit too, a lot of times guys will say things to me and it's like, man, you're pushing too hard. I get the feeling that you're just not sure about yourself and somehow you're projecting this shit onto me. Yeah, so th- these ones that are talking all the shit are going to be the ones that end up on the news, uh, blowing somebody in the right. airport bathroom. That's, that's right. what's going to end up happening realistically. Yeah the, yeah. the guy that gets caught in the fucking rest yeah. stop on the side of the highway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I just don't understand why it has to be a big fucking deal, particularly in this space. And I guess it's really comes from a lack of understanding and ignorance for the most part. Uh, but for me, Brennan, I don't judge anybody you do whatever you want to do, play however you want to play, be whoever you are. We don't have any hang up. Listen, I, how much shit I got because, uh, you know, we had a conversation a number of times on the show. I was, I had gone out on a few dates with a, with a woman who was transgendered and holy yeah. shit, man, you'd have thought like they were, people were, were, you know, reaching out like, is that for real? Is that like, what do you mean? Is that fucking for, why is that such a big deal? You know, I mean, it just doesn't, I don't see why it matters. Well, you know, I, I asked, I asked Brandon out of curiosity because you brought it up in like one episode. And I'm like, oh, this could be an interesting twist. And there was nothing anymore. And I think Brandon said to her, the trans girl's privacy, you know, she wanted to protect her privacy. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, well, this, this is going to be an interesting uh, admission here. So I'm curious yeah. to see where it goes. The truth is, listen, you're talking about small town Montana, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, the number of transgendered folks in uh, in these towns uh, is limited. And okay. uh, her high profile job would have given it away pretty quickly. Wow. Um, so she did, was not comfortable with that idea. But the truth is, who gives a fuck? She's, she's just another gal. You know, it just so happened that, that there was a transgender component. But had I not mentioned that and spoken about it like any other experience, no one would have known the fucking difference, you yeah. know? And so that's really, I guess, the biggest part of it for me is just, why does it matter? Why is everybody well, so hung up on it? Well, another one of our episodes that got a lot of good feedback was the one we did with our transgendered girl from uh, Oklahoma City. And right, yeah. man, she, she was an incredible chick. And, you know, the following, you know, we consider her a friend and when we're at the pool party, she, she comes over and hangs out, which makes some of our other people under, under our canopy uneasy. And it's like, why are they talking to her? It's like, well, cause she's a cool fucking chick for one. Uh, she's happy. She's a good person. And which is more than I can say for a lot of people. Yeah. Look, man, we, you know, Brent and I have been fortunate. We have come in contact with a lot of different types of people from all walks of life, you know, since we started this journey going on five years ago and, I got to tell you, the, the, a lot of the people we have met in this space that are the most interesting, that have been uh, really the most influential uh, for us on uh, for a number of different reasons, have not been people that most folks would think. Oh, well, that's you know, well, that's the norm, you know, in the lifestyle. It couldn't be further from the truth. You know, a lot of the people that we have enjoyed spending the the, uh, the most time with have been, you know, people on the fringes, you know, or right. at least people that other folks, you know, vanilla folks would consider on fringes and in varying forms. And they're just exceptional people, man. And I, so I just don't understand, again, why we can't find some commonality in a space where, you know, we're already getting enough shit. We get it. Listen, we, you know, I talked about it earlier today, the being banned on fucking social media and you right. can't do shit, all of the censorship. Do we really need to fucking do that internally too? I, I really find it difficult to understand. Yeah, that, that was crazy though. You know, we, we post what I consider some erotic pictures. I don't think we post a single genital picture on any social media. We can't anymore. I, right? I mean, no, I apparently not. I, I post a upskirt under boob picture of Kimmy with a little bit of nipple and we got a warning so I've, I've seen blown out guy and girl assholes on there, but apparently a, a nipple is taboo on Twitter. Well, so it's funny I, I give up as soon as you sent that out to me, I, I showed it to Brenna. She goes, well, how did our friend post this? How did they get away with this? And there's a picture of one of our, or, you know, one of our gal friends yeah. on the same social media platform. She's bare assed. Yeah. Like, 
Like, how is she pulling that off? You know, it's fucking crazy, man. These algorithms or something. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's gotten to a point where everyone's it's seemingly everyone's coming at you. If you're sex positive, you got to really, you know, watch your fucking P's and Q's, but in an area where we shouldn't have to be concerned about it, uh, it's unfortunate that that seemingly we still do. So of, of all the shit we have to worry about in the world today, and we're worried about uh, consensual sex between adults. Yeah. We're worried about a nipple, a small <laughs> portion of Kimmy's nipple. I've seen them by the way, they're fucking spectacular. She I'll, should, I'll tell her you said that if she gets the, she really shouldn't have to wear a shirt as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and you so, don't have to, you don't have to in Texas. They have that law. We, well, yeah, we've looked into it. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. You and I talked a little bit about that earlier. There's uh, there are some stipulations, but provided the areola is covered, she's in good shape, right? But yeah, I don't think people get it. There's a lot of folks out there not getting it, uh, lifestyle and, and otherwise. So, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about the show, you know, the swinging flamingos, you guys have taken off. We've Brent and I enjoy it. Obviously we, we Thank you. listen instantly when you guys put up a new episode and it's always fun to, to hear the perspective that you guys have because it's unique. And, and I think you and I touched on it earlier. You guys are, if, if a lot of people who weren't in this space or looking in, you know, looking in that window and that you said, paint a picture of what, what you think a lifestyle couple looks like and acts like and behaves like, I think a lot of people are going to go and, and draw the conclusion that it would be you and Kimmy. Uh, so I think you've, you really reach a lot of people in this, in this sphere. Uh, and I think that's awesome. Well, thank you. It, I always feel odd talking about it because we are basically unapologetically ourselves. Uh, our friends that find it later, they say, that's no different than hanging out, drinking beers with you on the weekends. It's, yeah. it's pretty much the same dynamic. People ask us why you get into it. I'm sure there's always a little bit of ego involved. We don't feel we're teachers. We don't feel we're entertainers. We don't try to make it a comedy show. We just, we literally just be ourselves. Some people dislike us for that reason. Hey, that's fine. You probably, <laughs> you're probably not going to hang out and drink beer with us on Saturday night, but right. no, we just, we, we've just enjoyed telling our stories. We do try to give a few tips as far as, Hey, we fucked this up. Your best interest would probably do the opposite of what we did and learn right. from this right. or, or this couple totally fucked us over. Try not to do that to other people like we've had done. So it's been a fun experience the last two years. I guess we're going into our third year come January. Uh, you and Kimmy are who you are on the show and uh, off. It's just a lot of fun to to hang out with you guys. Hopefully we're going to get a chance to do that again soon in a, a less hectic environment. But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, meeting people like you guys is uh, one of the reasons we're in this space, man. It's uh, it's enjoyable for us. Well, if you do it again for an inaugural event, Podbash this past summer was amazing. That's the feedback we've got from it. Our friends that went were like, oh, when's the next one? And we said, we're not sure what's going on with the next one yet. But no, it's just uh, like I said, we had some friends come from Amarillo. This yeah. was literally their first major event other than some small clubs. And, you know, that you could tell they start off timid. Hell, they won our shot contest. They did. Yeah. Listen, there was a lot of firsts and it was a lot of fun. So the, uh, yeah, there are plans obviously for another one. Uh, Brennan and I just needed to come up for some air and uh, get our shit together, but, uh, there is a plan formulating. So obviously you guys are going to, you'll know for sure. Uh, awesome. Flamingos will definitely know, but, uh, listen, man, I appreciate you getting on here with me and just kind of bullshitting and, uh, getting some stuff out there that uh, I thought would be important for us to chat about and rehashing, uh, 2021 and looking forward to 22 for sure. Tell everybody, if you would, where we can find your show. Ooh, it is, as long as we're not banned, you can find this as uh, the Swinging <laughs> Flamingos uh, under some name on uh, your Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, our website's theswingingflamingos.com. And we're on most all major platforms as the Swinging Flamingos. If you don't find it with Swinging Flamingos, put the in front of it. 
Yep. You got to be specific these days to sex right. positive folks. You can't, uh, can't just search for them uh, organically anymore. Well, listen, Lee, it's been a fucking blast. Cannot wait to see you guys again. Please say hello to the always lovely Miss Kimmy. And I'm looking forward to touching base with you again real soon. Yes, sir. I was going to tell you, give your beautiful short little uh, fun size wife a kiss for me and tell her I said hello. <laughs> I will do it for sure, man. Thanks again. Thank you.